Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Do We Know Them? We've made it to episode 97. Yeah, 97. So close. Do you know what else today is? Uh, December! Which means it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Ron. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. We personally celebrate Christmas and we love the like snowy Christmas snowman tree vibe. Like we just like the vibes. That's the thing. It's like, I love Christmas. And I feel like my mom has said something like, oh, what has Christmas become? Or some weird comment like that. And I was like, well, I've only ever liked it for the, the lights. I wish that we filmed in person and we could film in my developing winter wonderland that's going on in my living room. Yeah, you've been decorating. I need to get on that because my daughter especially loves Christmas stuff and I've just like not had time to decorate, but you've decorated like your whole fucking place. Yeah, and since it's like a studio and it's all just open, there's a lot of space to decorate. <laughs> the first time I went to Target, I was like, well, I already have a ton of Christmas stuff. I'll just get like a few things. You guys, I someone needs someone needs to stop me. Well, nobody can stop you. You're just going by yourself to Target. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, you don't want a life partner that goes to Target with you. That is arguably the worst thing in life. Oh, it's like someone like, like hovering over you being like, do we really need that? And oh, it's like, no. If I didn't fucking need it, it wouldn't be in the car. I can always find things I need at Target. It's like literally the Kermit meme come to life. It's like, we need that right now. You need to put it in the car. I'm so happy for you living vicariously through you because I can't have a tree due to my cat and also children. And so I can only do like shelf or higher decorations. Well, that's perfect because I'm getting two trees. <laughs> oh, there you go. One for you and one for me in spirit. I had a tree one year and I shit you not, my son destroyed every single ornament and like one by one would like pick off branches of the tree until it was just like a naked, sad tree. And I was like, mm. just the Charlie Brown tree. Yeah, literally. I was like, maybe we don't do this for another 10 years. Yeah, so I'm doing small little decorations. Anyway, wow. Ramble much? Us? What? We like the holidays is what we're saying. Uh, the vibes are immaculate. It feels almost like now it's getting colder in Georgia. Like it just feels like Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you know, I love the, the festive neons. Oh my God, you want to hear? This is more rambling, but my daughter, you know what I realized recently? Cause I took her to, she goes to school with like a mini little preschool that she goes to and her teacher had decorated for Christmas and she walks in and she goes, I shit you now, this is exactly how she said it. She goes, oh, look at this, a beautiful Christmas tree. And I realized she is imitating my husband. And I was like, oh fuck, it's happening. Because my son never quite spoke and like he does speak, but like very, very little. So we never really knew if he developed an accent. My daughter is imitating my husband's very thick French accent. Can we talk about how I brought that up before you had either of them? Did you? Oh my God, you remember when I visited Miami? I think you were still pregnant. And, I was, um, yeah. We were in the car and you guys were talking and I was sitting in the back seat and I was like, you guys, what is your kid gonna sound like? Because there's the <laughs> Miami accent, there's the French accent, and then there's the different language. I'm like, so many conflicting things. How is I know. it, how's it gonna sound? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how I not pictured it, but would expect. It's like she even lowers her register <laughs> to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it's so cute, but I'm just like, let's not make this a habit. Not that I don't like my husband's accent. I do. But like, if she just walks around like, oh, look at that. Like the whole time. There was um a TikTok I saw one time where it was a mom being like, so um, my, I think the kid was like four or something. It was like, my kid has always talked normally, but recently he has just developed kind of a weird habit. <laughs> he would talk like, hello. <laughs> 
kids do weird shit and they hear things and it'll stick with them and then they just like I don't know I don't know how it works but they're like sponges and my husband spends so much time with my daughter that she just she just picked it up <laughs> That's so funny. There's something called um, that it always comes up on my for you page and on Instagram. Um, echolalia. Yeah, yeah. My son does that. You like repeat noises when kids have autism or people have autism. A huge part of their language is that they'll echo what they hear. So a lot of what my son says is either direct repeating of what I say or things he heard, and then he'll just apply it to that situation. But it's very copy paste. Apparently, it's big for ADHD too, and I don't oh, do yeah. it usually out loud. But. Even so, I guess even like earlier, I was like, Happy Christmas, Ron. It's because that's like playing in my head from Harry Potter. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Ron. You're scripting. That's what scripting is. <laughs> I was like, I didn't plan that ahead of time. <laughs> when you're speaking from memory and you say a direct line from a movie, a lot of kids, again, with autism will script. And that's a huge part of their speech, too. And they know, like, my, my brother can literally recite whole movies. Yeah. Like, exactly how it's Drop done in, gorgeous. in the movie. I can't do that. Center stage. Oh, my God. You do bring a lot of movie quotes. Yeah. Anyway, so we do have a show, despite what it seems like, because we can do talk we? about actually nothing for about 45 years. It's a weird one because I feel like so many of our episodes are having updates to past episodes. And when we uploaded our last episode, which was on Lauren the Mortician and her actually insane Janet. lawyer. What even, how would you describe what happened after that? Because I feel like just everyone else decided they also knew Janet. Uh, well, I was going to say that apparently we have a ton of crossover with Paige Christie, which I guess that's not particularly surprising. It turns out that Janet is, I would say, well-known, but infamous, perhaps you could say, in the creator community. Let's just say Lauren the Mortician is not her first client. Surprising, I know, because we actually thought maybe she was her first client. We're like, uh, has she ever practiced law before? She just got no, her no. She has represented a lot of creators and still represents a lot of creators. And I'm just wondering what the fuck is going on. So sorry, if you missed it, let's fill you in really quick. Lauren the Mortician, which again, you need to go back, back. It's not just like back one episode. You have to go back, back two episodes because we covered Lauren the Mortician. There was drama with her. Then in our last episode, we covered that Lauren the Mortician has apparently started working with this lawyer that seeks out the most random people who are either talking about Lauren the Mortician or in one case, just emailing Lauren the Mortician being like, hey, what's going on with this? She targets those people and sends them cease and desist, threatens them, tells them she knows their address, calls wellness checks on them. Like, like literally imagine you're asking a question or you're let's say criticizing like how we do on the show and someone's like you're gonna go to jail for two years because you did that like that's say, the thing is is they're not just cease and desist like that's what she claims they are but in these cease and desist she also includes like threats of jail time and like fines and all this stuff where it's like excuse me what are you talking about and our big problem was like the average person may not know that and a lawyer like if you google and you find out they're an actual lawyer and they're telling you all that stuff that's really scary so she's basically using all this jargon that she made up in her head and she's using that as a scare tactic to represent her clients and give the clients what they want which is usually to like stop being criticized yeah from what we've heard because i got a couple dms like pretty immediately after we uploaded i was shocked i know i was like that was quick and even an email from someone as well that is not a creator that we were like Oh, interesting that apparently she had issued them a false copyright strike. But um, the DMs I got definitely show that intimidation tactics are the norm for her. Yeah. And she thinks that that's appropriate. Turns out, like we said, Janet has been around far more than we thought she had during our last episode. And the fact that Paige Christie, if you don't know who Paige Christie is, she is a fellow drama 
commentator channel, whatever you want to call it, on YouTube. She's been around forever. She's like one of the yeah. original drama Petty channels, Page. I feel. Yeah, Petty Page. And she uploaded the same day that we uploaded our video about Laura and the Mortician's Lawyer, she uploaded about the lawyer. Literally within like an hour. And it was not the same situation. So this is no. a personal situation she has with Jen Gerard, who is the owner of Gerard Cosmetics, and the person who represents her, who is fucking Janet. And like, we're friendly with Paige, but we had not spoken ahead of like we had no clue that she was going to be uploading that she had no clue we were going to be uploading she dm'd me after it was like what it's just so weird and proves that you know janet is really efficient she really be sending out those cease and desists every single day to every single person she can well what i think is crazy though is that like and i even asked Pedro, I was like do we think that she's just like not the brightest or do we think she's just like really unethical. Hey, why can't it be both? I was gonna say, and I'm kind of <laughs> leaning towards both at this point because your whole brand that you're promoting is that you're a lawyer to creators and like gonna help them wish it. Then why would you go after creators that you know are gonna say something? Like, first of all, she's doing stuff with like involving Paige and like Paige is clearly a commentary YouTuber. I can't imagine she really thinks she's just gonna intimidate everyone into not saying anything. Yeah. She She's very confident for the unhinged shit that she's doing and in the space that she's doing it because very bold we are in a place and time where not only can we or like anybody who's a commentary channel just get on camera and start talking about it, but we spoke about this in our last episode. Even people without a following can do that. They can get on TikTok and be like, what the fuck is this lady doing? But do you know about the page thing? Like, do you know what she uploaded about? No, I haven't had time to watch it. Oh, girl. So there's kind of a weird backstory here and stick with me, okay? Because there's a few characters here that kind of like all tie in together. So there's Jen Gerard, who is again, the owner of Gerard Cosmetics. Gerard Cosmetics has been in the drama scene since back in the fucking day, since she called Karina Kaboom ugly. Do you not remember that? Who's Karina Kaboom? God, uh, you're such a bad drama channel. You don't know who Karina Kaboom is? You know I'm not involved in the makeup community. Sounds like a cartoon character. I know, I know. No, but like Karina Kaboom is one of the most interesting, unhinged drama channels ever. Back in the day, if I'm not mistaken, let me not get these facts fucked up because it was a very like, I feel like that was a canon event for the drama community. Um, but basically she gave Gerard Cosmetics a like bad review or something because she also likes beauty. So she talks about beauty and drama stuff with the beauty community, but she also liked beauty herself. So she was talking about Gerard Cosmetics and she didn't like their lipstick or something. And I don't know exactly what Jen Gerard said, but she was in a live or something and she straight up called Karina Kaboom ugly. We're just watching hateful videos of Gerard. <laughs> this chick is really trying us both right now, huh, Jen? <laughs> Hi guys, so today's video is going to be my response to the owner of Gerard Cosmetics calling me ugly. And that was the most like explosive shit. Everyone was like, as a business owner, how could you say that? And it was like, just crazy. Like that was one of Karina Kaboom's like comeuppance. Like that's how she came up. I just find that really interesting because Jen Gerard has been around for so long. If you've been here, you know that. I just know she was involved in ja the Jaclyn Hill saga. She was involved in the Jaclyn Hill thing. She's very involved with creators, which I found interesting. So I knew because I do watch Dustin Daly and Nick Snyder. And when I would 
would look at their channels, they would be like shouting out Jen Gerard a lot with Gerard Cosmetics or like certain products. And then a couple months ago, all hell broke loose on Twitter. I truly like, I know generally what happened. And I feel like some people asked us to cover it and we were like, we don't even know. I don't like, even, yeah. yeah, like it's too much going on. I don't know how to even begin. Um, But the general gist, I guess, is that Jen was really close friends and roommates actually with Dustin and Nick and then started dating someone who they found out was like allegedly not a very good guy and let her know. And then she apparently did not agree with that. And it just erupted into this huge fight that then also Paige Christie got kind of involved in because she's close friends with Nick and Dustin and like had recently even just visited and spent time with Jen as well. And all of it blew up. And then basically Dustin and Nick ended up moving out of the house that they lived in with Jen. It was a volatile situation. It felt like every single person had like something to say that was different than what the other person was saying on Twitter. And it was just a back and forth between Jen and Nick and Dustin. And ultimately, you know, I hope everyone's okay now. I know Nick and Dustin moved out of state. They're no longer in Texas. And I mean, if being apart and like not being friends is what's best for them, then that's great. That's not what Paige talks about in her video. She mentions it as like a yes, I also fell out with Jen Gerard at the same time because it is relevant because had she not fallen out with Jen Gerard, I don't think we'd be where we are here today with Janet because don't worry, Janet comes in very soon. But basically what happened was, sadly Paige Christie lost her Aunt Margaret in 2020 to cancer. She describes her aunt as someone who like helped raise her. She was super close to her. So when she passed away, it was awful. She says that the relationship that that has to her friendship with Jen Gerard is that Jen Gerard or Gerard Cosmetics has a product called Hair AF and it's like a hair growth serum that like apparently really works. I remember Dustin Daly raving about it. A lot of people have said it works. And so her aunt, before she was diagnosed with cancer, had something that's called traction alopecia. And so Paige, recommended this product to her and it worked and so they took pictures and like sent it to Jen and we're like holy shit like this is crazy and Jen was like oh my god would she be willing to like write a testimonial that would be amazing and the aunt did write a testimonial and Paige did tell her you can use these pictures or something like this like Jen was like hey can I use these pictures and she didn't specify for what but Paige said yeah you can use the pictures whatever and the pictures starting in 2022 began to be used for promotional purposes so if you go to the hair AF website she is the main kind of like face of all of it, right? Like she, that is her picture. Paige apparently was not notified that that was gonna even start being used. And it's two years after her aunt passed away and it just felt very like weird and jarring, but she kind of just let it go. And then when all this falling out happened with Jen Gerard, Paige messaged Gerard Cosmetics and was like, I want my code taken down. I want my products because she has her own brand that are being sold on Gerard Cosmetics. I want those down. And I want the pictures of my aunt down. Like I don't want anything that has to do with me or my family to be used for promotional purposes. Gerard Cosmetics said, your code's down, that's fine. We already stopped selling your products. They didn't even tell her they were gonna stop, but they had stopped like four days before that. But they said, we are not gonna take that picture down of your aunt because that is our property that we have permission to use. Did she sign anything? So no, there's no document that they signed. The most that they have is a text exchange between Paige who legally would not even be the owner of yeah. that photo because she's not the one that took it. And she's also not the person in it. So she didn't even have really the right to say like, yeah, you can or can't use it. Obviously like they were friends. And so like you wouldn't even get into all those stipulations. But like now that it's a problem, that all is being looked into. So in the message that, 
that Gerard Cosmetics sends back to Paige when she's inquiring about all these codes and stuff being taken down. She said, I will not charge you disposal fees. She means for the products that she had, like inventory, I guess, from Paige's brand that will no longer be sold. And I'm like, a fee to throw it away? Like, what does that even mean? I'm so confused, but okay. Happy to do so for you at no charge. They have not been available for sale on our website for approximately seven days. If any were sold this month, you will be paid for them early next month. You have no codes, no affiliate account. As far as any photos that we are utilizing, we have permission to use them indefinitely. Please have the estate contact me if they need further clarification. The estate, which Paige goes on to explain is her mom. So her mom then had to get involved. She goes on to email Jen Gerard with a huge list of like, I am the estate, whatever, this is what I want, you have no permission, yada, yada, yada. And guess who gets back to the mom? Janet. I feel like Janet's just lurking in every corner of every fucking email thread. And speaking of, a little quick side note, Janet also, because Jen was apparently one of her clients and Jen was friends with Nick and Dustin, Nick also was a client of Janet at one point. And she actually like handled the trademark to um, the viewer's voice. Then when all of their fight went down, she ended up dropping him as a client and sending him like a threatening email and he's actually doing a video on that so we'll link it below if it's out already if not keep an eye out but it's insane i know they had a falling out i know it got ugly i know Paige was weighing in on jen's relationship and stuff online which maybe she didn't like or i don't know what the fucking thing is and i don't know the whole story what i do know is fuck the legal shit forget all of that like if you guys were ever friends and someone's telling you like, hey, my aunt who was like a mom to me, like you're using her photos for promotion. It makes me feel weird, especially now that we're not friends. Can you please take that down? Like if you had any ounce of like empathy and humanity, you'd just be like, yeah, of, of course. It doesn't feel like a business decision. It feels like a personal out of spite decision. And it's kind of like, it's just, it feels unnecessary. And like, why are you putting this energy into this? Yeah, and Paige does go on to show that recently when they were all together, so it was Paige, it was Nick, it was Dustin and Jen Gerard. They were at Gerard Cosmetics, which actually happens a lot. Gerard Cosmetics will like live stream with creators who are like packing orders and stuff. And in it, you hear Jen Gerard talking about how basically if it wasn't for Paige's aunt, hair AF wouldn't be what it is today. No, I mean, I just don't, I have a low threshold for bullshit. <laughs> She's a much better creator than me. Hair AF would have never it's happened so if it wasn't for Aunt Maggie. Oh, really? Because it was the pictures that you sent me. Oh, she says hair AF would have never happened if it wasn't for your auntie. And I think what happened was that that product, especially if it was done in 2020 or the aunt passed away in 2020. So that was like very early on in the product. It might not have even been launched yet. I don't know like what the timeline is there. But like she's basically saying had it not like worked so well and that testimonial like kind of gave me the inspiration to start. And it's like, Okay, that's great, wonderful, but like respect it for what it is. Someone doesn't want their freaking deceased like family member on your website. Take it down. Like uh, to me, it's a no brainer. At this point, it has been launched for years. Yeah. And it apparently is successful, I'm guessing. I can't imagine there's no one else that has ever used it that you can't get a testimonial from if it actually works. It's so frustrating. I literally just went to gerardcosmetics.com and on the homepage is Hair AF and it's her aunt's picture. Like, it's just, 
Yeah, it's not her face, right? It's the back of her head. Like, if you want to, like, get into semantics. Well, I just feel like you don't get to question why someone's upset about something yeah. regarding a deceased relative. And also, Paige does say, like, she felt weird or, like, she was caught off guard when it started being used for promotional stuff in 2022. But I guess because they were friends or whatever the case may be, she just didn't say anything. But, yeah. yeah, is she saying something now because they had a falling out? Yeah. And I don't really think that should matter. It's like, if you decide one day because you woke up and your ass was fucking itching and that was what made you decide that you don't want that picture up anymore, feel like you should have a say. I don't know. I just feel like that's weird and I don't like it. And it's one thing for it to be like a multi-billion dollar brand that it's like, oh, maybe they just like lost, I don't know, track of everything. No, this is the CEO intentionally keeping this picture up. The weird aspect of it is that she's like, now fighting it and stuff and like getting a lawyer involved when legally, regardless of what Paige is feeling personally, like legally you don't have the rights to be using it. There's no paperwork. It's two friends, her giving permission when she didn't legally even have the ability to do so. And then it's also so fucking complicated now because Paige is in the UK, Jen is in the US. This crosses multiple countries. This is gonna be a fucking headache and Paige is still willing to fight it. Her mom is still willing to fight it. And it's just so unnecessary. Like I don't know Jen Gerard. I haven't seen anything like horrible of her that I have. I mean, other than her calling Karina Kaboom ugly. But like, other than that, like I have not seen anything that makes me think that she's like a horrible person. So it's not like I have a vendetta against you, Jen, if you're watching at all in any way, shape or form. It's more so just like, do the right thing, take it down. I just feel like at the end of the day, like, is it worth it? Like, I don't, why does this need to be a thing? I feel like it's unfortunate that you guys were all friends and yeah. aren't now. And I think that it would be best for everyone to just like, like leave it where it lies and just like move on with your lives. Just do the right thing and just take it down. That's my opinion. And that's how I feel about all of this. But it was the weirdest fucking crossover when I'm watching this. And she says, oh, did I explain how Janet got involved? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. You mentioned that she did, but you didn't say Oh how. my God. Well, okay. So when the mom sent that first email saying, I am the estate owner or whatever the title is, I'm so unfamiliar with all that stuff. Janet is the one who got back to her with apparently... <laughs> as Paige describes it, a wall of information. Like it was just like a bombardment of like, you have no rights basically is what she was saying in like a thousand words as she does. Which is particularly ironic because she has so many TikToks and stuff about how she, like Paige would have rights. I honestly feel like Janet is one of those people like, you know, those lawyers that you just feel like, man, you really have no standards. Like you will defend pretty much like whoever you're defending, like you'll find a way. Whoever gives you money. Yeah, exactly. That's very much <laughs> Janet like she could easily be Paige's lawyer and just be doing the same thing to Jen Gerard like whoever she's gonna defend she's just gonna send a lot of shit in email that's pretty much just her that's her tactic but yeah that's pretty much um the most recent Janet thing just remember I know this is all confusing I know that the last time we brought up Janet it was very confusing but you just need to get to know Janet because I feel like she's gonna be popping up here and there and we just need to like generally know who Janet is so get acquainted also her names aren't really Janet if this this is the first video you're watching. Her <laughs> name is Jeanette Braun, but um, we thought Janet was more appropriate. So we took some great yeah. liberties. There is no way her name is Jeanette and I just refuse to believe it. Wait, also, should we check her TikTok really fast and see if she did what? Uploaded anything new. Oh, there is one on Becca Day. Guys, this is our live reaction. Only you would think to check her TikTok. I mean, there was a lot of information on there last time. Becca Day is spreading false information about me and my firm. She is accusing me of filing false copyright strikes against small creators. This is absolutely not true. And I'm going to talk through and show you how it's absolutely impossible for me to submit 
a false copyright strike against anyone. My name is- Didn't we just watch her in Paige's video say something about like people submitting false copyright strikes? <laughs> yes, but also I'm so confused because Becca Day wasn't even talking about, like her main thing wasn't the copyright strikes. If you watch our last episode, her main thing was calling out that this lawyer, Janet, responded back to an innocent person who was inquiring on Lauren the Mortician's email and threatened them with a $250,000 fine and two years of jail time. Rewind a little bit. Um, let's, we're gonna watch, Becca Day has posted some updates and she had covered, as Jesse just said, the Jeanette involvement with this other creator that has been anonymous. We don't know who it is. And we didn't actually see the cease and desist or the letter that Jeanette sent, but Becca reads it. And the context of that is like, it was just further confirming to us when we were discussing discussing that Lauren the Mortician, a creator we talk about on this channel, had a lawyer that was unhinged and just like threatening people all willy nilly. Like that was the whole point of this. And Becca Day's TikTok just kind of confirmed that further. And now the lawyer's pissed. And now they're going back and forth with each other. And apparently Janet issued some copyright strikes. So let's see what that was about. All right, friends, this video is going to be a long one. And it is going to be one truly breaking down this attorney situation and some of the players who are utilizing this attorney. I'm combining it all into one video so that up. no one feels like they're being singled out. And I removed my video from yesterday, not because anything was incorrect, but like I said, I don't want anyone to feel like they're being singled out because there are multiple large creators who are engaging in some shady behavior. My DMs are a war zone right now. There is a lot of creators who are not happy about me speaking out on this topic, but they're angry at me for speaking out about the situation is misdirected. And that's okay, I can take one for the team because information and truth are some of the most valuable currencies that we have as human beings. I will not be showing any photos or screenshots of the faces of the creators involved, but I will be saying names. So let's get into this. So yesterday we talked about how a creator on here named Demps hired an attorney named Jeanette Braun to file a false copyright strike against a small creator named Kristen. Wait! Oh my god! That's the email! Yeah. Oh my god, you guys! This is too much! Oh, we're gonna completely confuse the fuck out of everyone. I know, but honestly, we're confused too. And I feel like they would like to be along for the journey. If not, I'm sorry. We received an email last night. Should I read it? Yeah, I'll read it, I'll read it. Hold on, where? Let me, let me find it. It was like right after we uploaded. It was from a woman named Kristen. It says, she filed false copyright on my page twice. I'm a small creator. Long story short, I met Demps. And Lily and I were like, Who's Demps? I was like, is that a person? <laughs> I ended up posting a screenshot of our convo after my videos were being reported every day and Jeanette reported two of my videos for copyright. I had tried to talk to Demps privately as well as her PR manager and she provides two screenshots with the appeal that she had to put on the copyright claim on what looks to be a posting of text messages, which text messages are not copyrighted content. Not at all. God, if it was, I'd be doomed. You guys, I... <laughs> this rabbit hole is turning into a black hole that is never ending and I am so concerned for so many reasons. We are currently in the eel pit. Yeah. Like this is just absolutely bonkers. And I know if you don't understand what's going on up until about five minutes ago, neither did I. Like I knew Janet was unhinged. I knew she's like way too many people's lawyer for how insane she is. Now it all makes sense. And we're gonna make it make sense for you, hopefully. Thanks to Becca Day. Yeah, thanks to Becca Day. So we've talked about Becca Day a bit 
it and we like have reacted to a bunch of her TikToks and stuff. And we watched even, I think in our last episode, right? Cause she's involved in this whole covering of Janet and now she's directly I was gonna say before she was covering it, now she has gotten in Janet's crosshairs and she's involved as well. We have also made contact with Becca now. She has very much relayed a lot of information but also broken things down for us to understand with our small brains. Yeah, so guys, just strap in and we're gonna explain to you why Janet became Lauren the Mortician's lawyer. Are you ready? You ready to hear this? We're going down through the pipeline. Okay, so we have to start with apparently whom this all started with and that would be Bunny XO, aka Jelly Roll's wife, aka the podcast host of, what is her podcast called? Dumb, Dumb Blonde. Oh, Dumb Blonde or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Jelly Roll? He's a musician. He's like a soulful country artist type thing. He's not country, like he's more like soulful. I don't know, he's very, very talented. I do like him. He seems like a very sweet and nice man. And to be honest, their relationship seems really sweet. A lot of people are gonna be disappointed by this because a lot of people look at Bunny, and I'm not saying she's not like real and raw and whatever, but like a lot of people look at her as like, damn, you're a real bitch. Like you don't play like when she's been in drama and stuff, she handles it really like forward. She's not like beating around the bush or being sneaky or I don't know, I mean, now I'm questioning things. But people looked at her as like this kind of like pillar of like badass bitch who takes no shit. And then her relationship with Jelly Roll, people love it. So here's the thing. We can't confirm how Bunny met Janet, right? That relationship is still a mystery. But what I can say is that Bunny is directly responsible for Janet being everyone's lawyer. Why does she keep giving people her number? Yeah, like, I mean, we don't have direct proof correspondence to prove that, but she's the common link that has then let Janet spread her tendrils out. (laughs) Exactly. So back in the day, there was something called the Queen Team on TikTok. And it was very uh, interesting because it was almost like a hype house for like grown ass women who are moms. But it was very much um, dancing, doing the, you know, those dances. Okay, you know Mormon mom TikTok? Yes. Okay, it was like that group of moms, but then it was like a different group of women that were a little bit less like super Mormony and like cookie cutter. They were very much more like I don't know, more like badass. Like they drink wine on the on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) They drink beer sometimes. I don't actually know what the fuck the deal was. It's more just like recurring characters in each other's TikToks rather than like an actual collab thing. Yeah, exactly. And people did assume that they were friends. And from what we understand, they were friends and they would hang out and go on trips and stuff together. And when they were together, oh my God, it's the queen team. So the queen team was a good fun thing for them until it absolutely was not. And then everybody stopped. Well, not everybody, some of the people people stopped collabing with each other. And then there was speculation all over the place. Yeah, it was mainly just one. Cody. So Cody was in all these videos and all of a sudden, everyone's just not hanging out with Cody and everyone's like, what the fuck happened? And there was a lot of speculation and stuff. And then follows two years of shade being thrown all the time by Perfectly Kelsey and some of the other members of Queen Team. But Perfectly Kelsey was the main culprit of like throwing shade. Well, and I guess it was more than just throwing shade, but like blatant nonstop harassment and bullying for like two years. Right. So we find out later when Cody finally spoke out about all this, because I'll be honest, I kind of not like fell into the rumors like I was writing hate comments. But like when I like looked at the overview of it all, I was like, oh, I guess this Cody girl is like a bully or something weird. Like I always just like thought she was a mean girl because of the things that people would say about her. And so I just kind of assumed the worst about her for no reason. Not like I did anything about it, but you know, just like that, like stigma that surrounded her until she ironically went on her friend Bunny. So this is not Bunny XO. This is a different Bunny who's 
colossal blonde. It's very confusing. And so she went on her podcast to talk about her situation. And it wasn't until then that she finally got some sense of redemption because for so many years, so many people hated her. Meanwhile, perfectly Kelsey also went on the other Bunny, Bunny XO's podcast. I know guys, I know, hang in there. When she went on the podcast for Bunny, allegedly, now this is just speculation and putting the things together, that is when Bunny was like, yo, I've got a lawyer, her name is Janet, here's her number. So if Cody ever says some crazy shit or anybody says some crazy shit about you, this is how you can get it taken down. Because apparently this is something Bunny has been practicing for a while. Yeah, Bunny is the longtime client and then she gives Janet's info to Kelsey, so then Kelsey can combat the truth coming out about the bullying and harassing of Cody. And that's the common thread. Like Janet takes down things that are either embarrassing to a creator or negative about a creator. She basically goes to like allegedly unethical lengths to silence people's critics or bullies as she says, but like, come on. My lawyer, Jeanette, who has been representing me for a year, she um, has done my trademarks and my copyrights. So anytime anybody uses my image or um, tries to defame my image and in my business that I have worked my ass off for in any way, I definitely go after them. They get mad at us because we have shit taken down and I think it's fucking hilarious. And the reason I'll tell you that I have shit taken down is because one, you're not gonna fucking bully me and talk mm -hmm. shit and spread lies. And two, I love when they get upset about it. <laughs> we do. That is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Like it is a highlight of my life when they fucking get so- Fucking bitch, she got yeah. my video taken when down. They like, get, like yeah. fuck yourself. You're not gonna bully me, motherfucker. And I've got the money and the time, my team, and I don't ever do it. My team does it. What's crazy is that guess who else was on Bunny? EXO's podcast. Lauren the Mortician. Bingo, we nailed it. The dots are coming together. My cork board is working. <laughs> Literally, we have the red thread. We are lunatics at this point. I am spiraling, but yes. Okay, so that's a common thread we believe is that Bunny XO, longtime client, has been referring this girl to everybody. And all of a sudden, Janet is way too many people's lawyer, as I said. The crazy part is that as unhinged as Janet is, as unethical as Janet is, she is finding some success in her practices. Like, whether it's short term or not, but like, she's She's kind of low-key slaying, but in the worst way. Like she's getting the job done really poorly. But when I actually mentioned that to Becca, I was like, I have to imagine that she has had some success doing all of this. And that's why she's still doing it. Because originally my sentiment was like, uh, it's a little bold of someone who's like, I'm a lawyer for the creators to then like be fucking over creators that could go public with it. But it seems like maybe she like was successfully silencing them and no one was coming forward until now. Absolutely. And I think that in all of the like receipts that Becca shared with us, it's just like there is no shortage of people she has harassed with legalese and a bunch of gibberish that if I saw, not only would I print it out and use it to wipe my literal ass, but I would just be like, what are you even talking about? However, most people don't understand and they'll just be like, holy fuck, I'm going to jail. I literally would be like, what email? I didn't get anything. Oh, well, that's number one. I would absolutely do that. But then, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. I would come onto the show and read it. I just find it so interesting how these creators stand in the belief that if someone is being not so nice to them, they reserve the right to take down anything that includes their content if it's not being used to be like, this person is amazing, I love this person. Like, that's not how the internet works and there are laws to protect people. And I wanna just, ugh, this is gonna kind of make me a little bit annoyed, but we have to react to Gabby Egan's TikTok that just came out and got deleted very shortly after, but alas, our Reddit saved it. Thanks guys. <laughs> really quickly before we watch this, Gabby Egan is, someone that I've followed and who follows me on TikTok um, for quite a long time now. And I followed her because I would see her on my For You page and I noticed that she followed me. So then I followed her because that's the social media
immediate thing to do. And then I, you know, I watched her TikToks for a long time. She's usually just like a person who does like oversharing, story time. She's really like unhinged. And that's been her whole shtick for a long time. Now she had a friend, Olivia, who was her best friend of 20 years. They had a falling out. It got really bad. Olivia has claimed that she's like an abusive employee and has lied about a million things that she's done, like donated sweatshirts when she never did. And like, there is literally no shortage of drama around Gabby Egan that I have witnessed just from following her, like from afar I was for gonna years. Say, I, this is when we really need to thank um, Jesse for her... <laughs> vast knowledge of TikTok drama and creators. Thank you very much. So a couple hours ago, we saw this being posted to our Reddit. The smear campaign revolving around Lauren the Mortician right now on this app is absolutely out of control. And if you don't think that it's not bullying and harassment at this point, since she hasn't even addressed it, made a video about it, or entertained any of you guys who continuously keep talking about her, it's like beating a dead horse, right? There's nothing left. The people who are making videos about Lauren the Mortician are mostly drama channels and reporters or journalists that they call themselves. It's people who literally have nothing else to talk about. So they pick a whole bunch of random big creators on here and try to nitpick and pick apart each individual detail about these creators' lives and then tell them, well, you deserve this. You wanted to be a public figure, right? And then they're the same people who cry whenever bigger creators come back at them with like an attorney and start submitting copyright infringement strikes on their pages for potential copyrighted content, AKA like selfies of myself or content that I've made and put onto my accounts that clips are being ripped from my videos to try to expose me or use me for your own monetizational gains to talk about me and my life on your monetized platform, which you're trying to build a following talking about me. Right? Does that make any that sense? That makes no sense. To even remotely suggest that using someone's selfie is worthy of like going to court over copyright infringement is so absurd to me. I'm like, there's a few things. There's a few things I have a major issue with there. So here's the thing. Do I believe that in our community, there are straight up unethical people who do things just sure. for money, just reviews? Absolutely. I think that the nature of what we do can easily be used in a malicious way. Now, I don't appreciate the blanket all over every single person because let me tell you something, Gabby. I don't know if you follow me because I used to be on Vine or why you follow me because I never post TikToks, but... I was a creator way before this. Like we sit and we talk about internet shit that we feel needs either attention or we could add something funny to or have like a little kiki about. We're not here to be hateful, spiteful, etc. I think that it's such an unfortunate way to like look at all this because even though I know now she's talking about people like Becca Day. Yeah. Where Becca, I feel like, yes, she covers things, but she's no Joy Sparkles. You know what I mean? Like she's literally sitting there and just like, number one, looking at the evidence that's in front of her to make an informed decision. And number two, being like cool, calm and collected about it. It's very straightforward and informational. I just really don't appreciate creators painting commentary as like you money hungry bastards. There are certain things and I would argue a lot of things that should not be allowed to be done in the shadows on the internet. I think that there should be people who say, hey, this is going on on the internet. This creator is doing this and that's a fucking problem. Like that discussion, I personally think is important. And I'm not saying I'm the fucking voice of reason for everything and I know what's right and what's wrong. But I think having human conversations where we're sitting and being like, hey, I'm kind of like unnerved by this or this is uncomfortable to watch and this should never have been posted. Like those are important 
conversations to have and to paint it as like, oh, you guys are all just cloud chasers and you're using my selfies. Girl, I could use whatever I want. If I am like right now, I'm adding commentary. Your video's paused, right? We're talking like if we're talking back to you. That's called transformative content. It is protected by the law. You cannot like fling around your weird lawyer who's so happy and just like use it as a shield to protect you from criticism. That's not how the internet works. And it's funny because she actually should maybe ask her lawyer, which I don't know if she's mentioned yet. Jeanette's her lawyer too. About a year ago, Jeanette actually posted on her Instagram that she does seem to understand fair use, despite now it just conveniently uh, escaping her memory. But yes, like Jesse said, I agree. I think there's a difference between just like slandering people and trying to use their name for clout, which like literally we've talked about before. I, we've had episodes that are about nobody with a, like no one in it has a following and those have done better than some of the ones that we cover with people with followings. We don't pick our topics uh, on like, ooh, which is gonna get the most clicks. They all pretty much do about the same, honestly. <laughs> so the fact that she is gonna do this like blanket statement and act like everyone's just using them for money is very just like reductive. And also you wouldn't mind if everyone was speaking positively though. As soon as though it's something that you don't like, then it's like, that shouldn't be allowed. And it's like, you can criticize people and it isn't illegal. Well, and that's the thing is like, when do we start getting into the territory where straight up people's first amendment right is being friendship upon like for real i'm not trying to sound like oh no but literally like, like but seriously. that's what they're trying to do now because it's like girl we don't need to use your selfie to say that you're being fucking crazy um okay let's continue since so for these drama channels and for all these people who are making videos about larger creators it's crazy that they get so surprised and say oh my gosh you're messing with people's livelihoods by submitting all these copyright infringement reports and it's like you don't think you reporting this drama and trying to literally tear down creators is affecting their livelihood I don't know. I feel like if you want to be a drama reporter and talk about bigger creators who have the time and the money to come after you, don't be surprised whenever they do. You know, it's a part of the game. Some of the same drama pages who are reporting on Lauren the Mortician have reported on me and my drama and my life as well. But I have never in my life been ganged up on the internet the way that Lauren is being ganged up on right now. Another big factor in all this drama is Jeanette Braun, who I've been represented by Jeanette Braun for over a year now. Janet? vast variety of legal issues along with submitting my trademarks and my copyrights for me. It's the same attorney in question with a lot of this drama that's going on with Lauren the Mortician because of this wellness check and all of this stuff. If you had somebody who has never met you in your life who is literally going rogue, like they want to say, oh, this attorney has gone rogue. No, this girl who they called the wellness check on is literally talking about eating organs and being demonic and stuff then trying to defame Lauren in the same breath. Like that doesn't sound very mentally sound to me. And that would be something that called concern for me as well. I don't know. I mean, I just think that this is a lot of clout chasing. Not her defending the wellness check. That is the most indefensible part of it all. And also you prefaced that entire thing. Like they've never met, they don't know each other. Yet you somehow think that that same like disconnect is fine if the other person and it's not even like she has any evidence that's like okay she said that she was gonna come to your house or she was gonna do she says she was gonna eat organs that's the thing <laughs> it was like she kind of frames it like it was threatening for uh the lawyer. mortician or the lawyer and it's like what is the wellness check gonna accomplish then like it doesn't put you in jail have you seen the episode of wife swap when the woman is super christian and she goes you're dark side out she's tampering in Excited stuff. Yes, yes, she did. 
The entire house is dark-sided. You know, <laughs> that's literally Janet. Like, girl, just because she's talking about some demon shit. I mean, if someone was doing that, I'd be like, okay, girl, go off, I guess. Like, I mean, I just... What did she say she was? A demonic life coach? No, villain life uh, coach. No, she's a villain life coach. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's I don't know about the organs. villain life coach stuff. I don't understand why you would think that that's crazy. Yeah, it seems pretty on brand for Kitty. <laughs> I just like, if you think someone's crazy and they're just like on live talking about like eating a heart or something, I'd be like, interesting. Okay, anyway, like I'm not gonna call the police. I venture to say that um, she wasn't being literal. Uh, probably. Yeah. Second of all, like- I, I don't think she's Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, like, oh my God, what are you- Like the way she literally just said that as if it was just, indisputable fact you know what this kind of just made me realize so in gabby's whole feud with olivia olivia is obviously a smaller creator and someone who depended on gabby for a very long time for employment like she was from a really unaccepting family because she's trans and she moved to kentucky with gabby and gabby helped her for like a couple years whatever so she really depended on her and she has spoken out multiple times in the past i don't know i want to say like month or two like she's gone live She's talked about it. And I feel like she always keeps deleting her stuff. But in my head, I'm like, there's no way Janet hasn't come for her. Because Gabby has talked about, like, I'm dealing with this legally. So you're dealing... Yeah, Olivia dealing has deleted her stuff, allegedly. A lot of times it'll be like posted and then deleted and then she'll post something else. So that you're saying it wasn't deleted. She was copyrights getting it taken down. I feel, properly. I don't know, but like it totally is on brand for everything. That oh, absolutely. Oh, and I also just got confirmation that Gabby was never in the Queen team, but she was on Bunny's podcast at some point. Oh my God. It's Bunny. Bunny is Janet's number one word of mouth client. Yep. So we'll keep watching, but Jesus, this is a hard watch. I mean, I just think that this is a lot of clout chasing. People are saying that it's because, oh, they don't want people to be silenced and all this stuff. And it's like, there are so many things that y'all could talk about. I'm sorry, but people would rather build platforms trying to tear down other people instead of actually trying to find something creative to talk about. It is absolutely mind-boggling to me. But anyways, this might put me in a hot seat because, you know, the entire <laughs> internet right now is like, cancel Lauren. But yeah, the internet's a really weird place. I mean, th this shit is weird. I'm not familiar with this girl Gabby's content, but I can't think of very many people that need a lawyer on call right. to handle their copyright situation. Dude, I fucking know. That's why I'm like, what is Bunny telling them that Janet could do? Because this is so probably but like also it's like Gabby you have sat and said story times about so many people on your channel including but not limited to Olivia and naming her do you think she has the right to copyright strike you because you're not being very nice to her or like saying something that's not in her favor honestly at this point it seems like I know that they fall back on like pictures and like screenshots of stuff but like at this point it feels like Jeanette is sorry again Janet you need Janet to stop messing that up her, I know <laughs> sorry for getting your name wrong girl but it feels like Janet is leading these creators to think that no one can say their name because that's I mean she said like, selfie. that's, how that's far very close to that like I'm like girl a selfie are you actually kidding the, the whole fair use aspect of it they're just all ignoring completely I'm like no one is reposting all of your content and like making money off of your content directly and that is the difference here and none of you seem to realize that but again, did I mention this already that a year ago, Janet very clearly talks all about fair use and how that needs to be considered when thinking about copyright things. Do you have to consider fair use before submitting a DMCA takedown for copyright infringement? According to the Ninth Circuit, yes, you do. You can search the internet for Len V Universal to learn more about this case.
I expect other circuits will fall in line and follow the same rationale as detailed in this case. Before you submit a DMCA takedown for copyright infringement, you must consider whether that person is using it fairly. This means you really have to understand the fair use defenses. I recommend you consult with an attorney to learn more. And I'm like, where's that energy, Janet? You know what that gives? That gives that she found her cash cow. She found the exactly. one way that she can use that law degree full force and she went for it. Also, the fact that all of these creators are like, oh my God, really? You all really think this is like above board and like this is ethical and nothing's wrong with this? Well, because That's it directly concerning. benefits them. I don't think they actually give a shit. And because they have already like this mindset and disdain for like those creators who talk about them, they're very easy to be like oh yeah well that makes sense fuck them get that shit off the internet oh my god and even fucking uh janet in response to becca day's stuff where becca i think just refers to it as submitting false copyright strikes she plays like a semantics game where she tries to be like i don't know if becca knows what a copyright a false copyright strike is but it's not a person that does the copyright striking it's the platform Becca Day is spreading false information about me and my firm. She is accusing me of filing false copyright strikes against small creators. This is absolutely not true. And I'm going to talk through and show you how it's absolutely impossible for me to submit a false copyright strike against anyone. My Becca holds herself out to be an investigative reporter, and as such, I'm going to assume that's true. She also holds herself to be unbiased. Let's assume that that's true for the purposes of this addressing of the issue as well. And as an investigative reporter, as she holds herself out to be, certainly she went and looked up what false copyright strike means because words have meaning and that is a very specific thing. It is impossible for me to submit a false copyright strike because I cannot strike anything. The platform makes the strike when they receive a fully supported request to take down stolen art. Oh my God, Janet, stop wasting our time with this shit. You know what she meant? She meant submitting a request for it to be copyright stricken. The fact that she's dwelling on that to defend herself when it's still wrong, like, and she knows it's wrong based on her past content is absurd. And I know that we've gone on about Janet for long enough, but really quickly as a last thing, she copyright struck Cody, that girl that we talked about, so much on Instagram that she got her page taken down. I don't know if it's temporary or what, but it's currently down and that's fucking insane. Just wanted to chime in and add a little more context here because, oh my God, you guys, not only did Janet submit the copyright strikes on behalf of Bunny XO, because Cody had apparently posted clips from Bunny's podcast that Kelsey was a guest on because they were talking about her. Yeah, well, not only did she uh, copyright strike those and countless other things on her Instagram, but also on behalf of Kelsey, Janet submitted a copyright strike for this. If you're listening, what I'm referring to is something that Cody posted that is literally text on a black screen that says, if anyone knows a lawyer specializing in tort litigation in Tennessee, please email me. And then she puts her email and says, thank you. And next to it, I have the copyright notice where it says that it came from fucking Jeanette and Kelsey. This is absurd. And I know that Janet is all about like protecting art, 
But I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this, this screenshot that I'm showing doesn't qualify as art. No offense, Cody, the text is lovely, but I'm gonna guess it's not gonna be considered art and it's definitely not gonna be considered Kelsey's. So what the fuck was the reasoning here, Janet? I'd love to hear an explanation. Yeah, and that there's a text message that apparently Janet sent to Kelsey, who is the one that prompted all of these copyright strikes. And the text is from Janet, I shall read it. Allegedly, we don't know that this is real. But I'll say, allegedly, I don't think it's fake. <laughs> yes, that's good. Another update. I don't know if you saw, but Cody's Instagram is suspended. I never asked for it to be suspended, only reported her for use of your videos. So that must have been Instagram's choice. Hopefully she will learn a lesson about using other people's content. I will update you if we hear anything further. Janet? I didn't ask them to take it down. Yeah, well, if you fucking copyright, if you submit requests for fucking hundreds of copyright strikes, guess what's probably gonna happen? She's such a shady little snake. I can't with you, Janet. That's another thing with all of this. Saying that drama channels and commentary channels shouldn't talk about anything going on behind the scenes, but then you guys are all allowed to do a bunch of shit behind the scenes that's super shady. Like I'm so, I'm like looking at our page right now and I'm just flabbergasted like, we haven't been copyright struck. I mean, I don't want to be. I'm not like begging to be. I'm just confused. Like, why is it only these small platforms? I mean, I do know that YouTube supposedly, like when you sign, you have to sign that you're doing so in good faith, basically, because if not, you could be pursued legally. So it's a little bit more intense, I think. Uh, no, it's very explicit about that. Yeah, and you have to sign it. Like your legal full name, like you have to make sure that you're not lying. And also YouTube's appeal process, although definitely far from perfect, would absolutely like drop any copyright claim that she makes. Well, and that's the thing is actually, we just got a strike on- We did. Of all videos. It was our episode from like almost three weeks ago now about the mining under her house lady. When she texted me that, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What? I literally, I saw it and I was like, is the mining out of the house lady coming for us? Like, what do you mean? We supported no, it was her. a mistake, clearly, because <laughs> it was like a company will represent the person, which honestly, that happened with the Sam and Colby thing too. That I have other thoughts about, but they apologize, so it's fine. With this one, it said that the footage of the mining lady was from someone else's podcast that just covered it because their whole thing got automated. So it like recognized the footage because it was also in their video. So I obviously appealed it and we're waiting. I don't know how long it'll take. It no, says, I Dropped. Up to 30 days. Dropped. Oh, already? Yeah, it got dropped yesterday. Oh, so, oh my God. So that took less than 24 hours then. So that's probably why they don't do it because I appealed it because I was like, mm, wrong, this is fair use. We are discussing it in blah, blah, blah. And I had a nice wordy explanation of it. But that's what fair use is. You're allowed to commentate on stuff if it is transformative. And I said this before in the last video, no one's uploading like compilations of Lauren the Mortician. That's not what she's getting taken down. She's getting taken down people that are not even using her videos. They're using screenshots of her like profile. It's complete bullshit. It's such an exploitation of the copyright systems that Quite frankly, up until three days ago, we didn't even know existed on Instagram and TikTok. And she is abusing the fuck out of them. To the creators talking about any of this on TikTok, God bless you. I mean, honestly, you have some stamina because I would be so up to here with Janet's ass. Like, I cannot. The thing I think is so funny too is that like TikTok as a platform encourages people to stitch and duet each other's video. Well, Janet says that's fine. It's not the stitching and duetting. Yeah, well, no, apparently, because it's also, if you allow for stitches and duets, then that is releases- Is it agreement? Okay, yes. to the use of a content. She also has her clients make it so you can't download their videos. You know, I always complain about that because I'm like, bitch, I'm gonna get it anyway. Well, apparently there's more to it because Janet says that that makes it so they're taking your copyright. So like what we're doing 
arguing with Gabby. Gabby deleted this video, but it was posted to a public platform and then reposted on our Reddit. Janet might come for us. Janet's absolutely going to have a fucking field day with this. Like, she's going to be like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) But guess what? We're going to appeal it. And there's absolutely no reason that YouTube wouldn't approve it for fair use. Because you guys, I spent a few hours looking into fair use and I feel pretty well versed. And this falls under that. Lily's a lawyer. Anyway, okay, so that's enough of talking about Janet. Because holy shit, I am sure this is not the last we're going to hear of it because I'm sure she represents half of TikTok as a whole at this point. Oh, yeah. We won't even get into the other one, but we were made aware of a whole other world, Um, I guess, in the crafting world. She's also sent cease and desist there. Of course she well. has. Yeah, she's all over the place. She's got sticky so fingers. So she's in the commentary community, the beauty community. What would you call this community? The mortician community. <laughs> it's a very niche community. Yeah, and also the crafting community. She has her hands in all the different buckets. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. I know that what we're covering is already confusing enough as it is, but of course our podcast is cursed which means that Lauren the Mortician has uploaded a TikTok literally right after we finished filming this. So I'm going to play it for you right now and react to it, aka fair use, Janet. I just thought it was important to cover because we have mentioned that Lauren hadn't spoken about this and we found that very weird. And it even led to speculation that we thought maybe Janet was just like a rogue lawyer just doing her own thing and her clients had no idea. But mm, no, that's not what happened. Hi. I called in a wellness check on another creator and I wanted to talk to you about that. Okay, sorry to stop so soon, but you called in the wellness check. Janet has admitted to being a part of calling in the wellness check, but it's very clear that they both had a hand in making that decision, which is uh, interesting to say the least. But I need you to understand that there are certain things that I cannot legally talk about. It's not because I don't want to talk about them. I would love to but I just legally cannot. Not entirely sure what she's referring to here. A lot of people say this. They'll be like, I legally can't talk about this. And then like years down the line, nothing happened legally. That's like a common thread with influencers. I don't know if they just don't want to talk about it and they want to have a reason to be able to not talk about it. All I know is that Janet is her lawyer. So any legal advice she's getting is probably from Janet herself. So that's probably why she thinks she can't talk about something that she probably can talk about. The amount of people putting my face on blast and making multiple part videos that are lies about me is just ridiculous of everyone thinking they're going to one up the other and expose me on something that I did. So I'm just going to expose myself and just tell you what I did and why I did it. But first, I'm going to tell you a little backstory. I have been dealing with online stalking, bullying and harassment consistently for the last two months. It has not stopped. It is to the level that the normal person would probably unalive themselves with the amount of shit I have been through. My address was leaked. My real name, along with my funeral director license was all put on blast and put out to the world to see. Well, the funeral director license was up. And then when people realized that I have actually been doing this for longer than they thought it was taken down. I had to have cops come to my house the other day to take a report. Like this has all escalated to a point that is beyond reason. And this all began over a campaign to get me canceled over some dumb shit that I liked on Instagram. I'll say right now, and it's something that we've said on this podcast a million times, nobody deserves to be harassed for literally anything. Whether they made a mistake, whether they did something intentionally bad, like there is no reason to threaten someone's safety or their life. Like, obviously, we don't agree with that. As we mentioned, we've covered Lauren the Mortician quite a bit, and the likes on Instagram were something that people noted after she was already, quote unquote, being canceled. Her main controversy did not stem from that at all. It was actually her feud with Jamie, who's the CPST, the Child Safety 
per, oh God, I always forget that acronym, but I don't know. He has a certification. He's a child safety expert. He's been doing this for years. And the whole drama was that Lauren the mortician was acting like she was a child safety expert. And when Jamie pushed back on that, once he was getting kind of harassed by her followers being like, okay, yeah, we see your opinion, but what does Lauren have to say about this? Cause that's what really matters. He pushed back on that and said, Hey, uh, I'm an expert in this. Like Lauren's a mortician that does not give her the right to like tell you what's safe for a child. She responded in a really poor way, I would have to say, and basically blocked him on everything and also posted to her Facebook, kind of insinuating that he was some sort of creep who keeps high chairs and stuff in his house and that she would prefer to take advice from a mom who has children versus a child safety expert. And I don't know, she just made him out to be some kind of creep. It was very weird and problematic. And after that is when people started searching her Instagram. And what did they find? Her liking anti-trans, anti-gay, very problematic content. And yes, that became an issue that a lot of people had with her, but that was not how everything originated. She's very much trying to paint in that way, but that is not how it happened. I'm not a turf. I'm not transphobic. I'm not homophobic. I am none of those things. I follow left and right creators. I can even like something if I don't agree with it. And I mean, shit, if, if you're a mutual with me, I've probably liked your content because I saw your face. I like you, wanted to support you, didn't watch your video, didn't read it. Sorry, when I'm doom scrolling, I'm doom scrolling. Okay. No, sorry, Lauren, but that's not how this works. If you like something and you are a creator with a large platform, that is you co-signing whatever you like. So you do have to actually watch the content you're liking because it could easily be misconstrued for you supporting someone who is spewing anti-gay, anti-trans rhetoric. When you have a following, you show up as one of the top people who liked something. So it's very easy for people to spot this. And if you don't wanna have this issue in the future, watch what you're liking because it is a way of you co-signing it. You cannot play ignorant here and just be like, well, I don't know. I just like random things. You need to not like random things. You need to know what you're liking, know what you're supporting, because if you don't, people can easily see that like and see it for what it is. You co-signing pretty hateful content. Even if I wasn't a quote unquote influencer, I absolutely watch the things I like. Like I don't like random shit. I watch it and then I decide if I like it or not. I just find that hard to believe in general. I don't know if she's just trying to save face now, but yeah, that's weird. The bullying and harassment towards me has not stopped these last two months. If anything, it's getting worse because people are wanting me to come out and admit things about myself that are not true and I will not do it. I have not attacked any smaller creators. I was sent an email that told me that if I did not own up to being transphobic, more defamatory content was going to be made about me to continue this hate campaign to purposefully hurt my reputation. And I can tell you right now that this person was not a fan of mine. Nowhere in that email did I ever get the understanding that they even liked me. So we can't show it because this person who wrote this email to Lauren does want to remain anonymous somewhat at this point, but we do have those emails and we have read them. And I think Lauren's correct in saying this was not from a fan of Lauren's. So that was kind of something that got misconstrued. I think we even misunderstood that. We thought it was like a fan just kind of inquiring to Lauren, like what the fuck is going on? But what it actually was, was someone who is part of the LGBTQ community, who is just very disappointed in seeing the things that Lauren has supported. And the only sentence in this email that could even be misconstrued as blackmail. It's absolutely not blackmail, but it was basically her saying, hey, this is your opportunity to own up to basically everything that you've liked, everything that you've done, because if you don't, more deep dives are gonna be done and more proof is gonna be released on everything that you've liked. And I don't see that as blackmail. I mean, maybe she didn't like the way that that was worded and I guess I get that, but it was very much so like, hey, if you don't own up to the shit that you're doing, people are gonna keep looking into your shit. Like that's just what's gonna happen. 
It was more so an email urging her to be honest and stop hiding behind the shit that she's liked and done and the problematic content that she's interacted with. And it was a person who's part of the community who was hurt. That's really what the email is. Immediately sent this email to Jeanette, my lawyer. She replied to their email. She sent them a cease and desist all in hopes that this person would hire a lawyer and it would be settled and I wouldn't have to do a thing about it. That's really problematic. <laughs> I don't know why she says that as if that's nothing. You're talking about a random person who went into your email with the concerns that they had, but they themselves are not a creator. The most that they could do if they did want to like deep dive into your past is like post it on Reddit. Like they do not have a following. They're not someone on TikTok. So you want a random person who doesn't like the shit that you had to say and threaten to deep dive into proof. Like they're not saying like, hey, this false shit I'm going to spread about you. They're saying I'm going to look more into you. You took that as such a threat that you would have your lawyer that you have to pay reach out to them in hopes that they would then hire a lawyer that they have to pay even though they're a private citizen and the likelihood that they could even afford that is very very slim you just wanted them to like stop talking literally just like i don't know could you block an email just don't answer like this was no threat in my opinion if it was me that had received this i would have ignored the email straight up then another girl named kitty who also makes content on this app emailed my lawyer jeanette directly directly to Jeanette. Nothing came to me right to the lawyer. And she tried to blackmail my lawyer. Kitty made it clear in the email that she was working with the first girl to extort and blackmail me together. As someone who's been accused of blackmail in my day, um, I don't take that word lightly. The actual definition of blackmail is the action treated as a criminal offense of demanding payment or another benefit from someone in return for not revealing compromising or damaging information about them. Oh, hi, it's Lily. I just wanted to chime in for a quick sec because upon rereading the cease and desist that Janet sent to this person, wow, you guys, it is a hot mess and there's a lot of things wrong with it. But the one I'm going to focus on is the whole thing. It's basically accusing this person of being part of this like huge, elaborate conspiracy hate campaign against Lauren and talks about like Reddit posts, but she never mentions a username, which is probably because this person doesn't even use Reddit and literally all they did was send this email. They have no connection to Kitty, which Janet claims is a thing. You guys, literally, this person sent one email. And yet Janet responds to this email and literally includes demands and a timeline on the demands, ironically, which I don't know about you guys, but I would consider that more so to be blackmail, considering um, Janet's threatening federal court, I guess. Also, when this person didn't uh, comply with all of the demands in a 72-hour time period, they received another follow-up email in which Janet asks if they would like to proceed in a good faith settlement negotiation where they would come to an agreement of how much compensation this person owes to Lauren for apparently just ruining her life. It was just one email. Just one. No hate campaign. No orchestrating. No conspiracy. Just this email, but yeah, um, compensation. That's realistic. Okay, so is federal court. Anyway, sorry for interrupting, uh, back to Jesse. So it's not even just, hey, if you don't speak on this, I'm gonna release this. That's not even necessarily considered blackmail in a criminal way. I just hate that that term is thrown around in situations like this because it's a very, very serious criminal offense. My lawyer never once said that they would be facing jail time 
over not giving me a public apology. That is a false narrative being spread. Except that's not true because we have the cease and desist that Janet sent to this emailer. Although Janet didn't say you're going to go to jail, she did include many, many bullet points of what she believed to be this emailer's offenses. And on those bullet points, she elaborated on what that offense was and what the repercussions could be. Under the offense of harassment, which I don't know how sending one email is harassment, Janet specifies that this is illegal in many jurisdictions and is a crime at the federal level. A person convicted of stalking under federal law faces up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. So your lawyer didn't say, hey, you're going to jail, but she definitely included that as a possibility of one of the many offenses she accused this emailer of. So that's a lie. And it's not a false narrative being spread. It's a narrative being drawn up because of what your lawyer sent to this person that should have never gotten an email from your lawyer to begin with. Kitty purposefully made a video and put it out to hurt me and gather the masses against me. I had actually never watched any of her content until that video came out, but I had blocked her because she used to be in my comment section. I saw some questionable things and I blocked her. Calls were made to the non-emergency number for a wellness check. The concerns came from watching lives and the posts that kept happening in the comments. She talks about needing to ingest blood to survive. She talks about eating organs. She talks about doing demonic things. Then add the blackmailing, the going off of her normal content. I mean, this is, it's concerning. It was concerning. So let me get this straight. You just admitted that you didn't know Kitty. You had no idea about her content before any of this. But all of a sudden, you know what's normal and not normal for her. You know what her behavior usually is on lives versus what it isn't. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. What it sounds like is that you utilized resources for your own personal gain because you didn't like what someone had to say about you. I'm sorry, I don't believe for a second that you or your lawyer had any genuine care or concern for Kitty. Calling for a wellness check was not meant to be a swatting. No one called 911. I was genuinely concerned because of her unhinged posts and her actions. I have seen what happens, okay? I've seen when people lose it. I've seen the aftermath of it. I've seen what unaliving oneself looks like and not 100% saying she was going to do that, but this was not rational behavior from someone of sound mind. Lauren, you don't get to use your like mortician shit on this. Like you don't get to say, well, I've been a mortician. I've seen when people unalive themselves. You don't know this person. This is not someone random on the internet that you saw on live and you're like, oh my God, I don't think they're well. That's kind of concerning. No, this is someone you're having an active online feud with. Let's not pretend that you have this very kind heart that wants her to be well. Speak your truth and leave it alone. That's the way you can care for her. Not sending police to a house where you know nothing about that person. You don't know the circumstances she's living under. You don't know if that would have led to her doing something to hurt herself. You don't know if her family's there. You literally know nothing about this person and you are so quick to send police to her house. I find that very concerning. This is not a joke. This is my life, my real life. And when you make content calling someone transphobic, a turf homophobic, all of these really hurtful things, there are real life consequences for doing that. Then maybe be careful of what you like. Be careful of the content you interact with. Because if you're interacting with people just because you apparently close your eyes and like every TikTok or Instagram you see, people are gonna draw real conclusions to that. And guess what? The opinions that those people have that you're liking and supporting do have real life consequences as well. Do spread hate. Do allow people 
to feel more confident in judging and belittling people who are simply trying to exist. You have to also sit with yourself and say, okay, what did I do to contribute to people believing this? Because no, this opinion did not just get pulled from thin air. People saw those likes, people saw you interacting with these really hateful people and thought, oh my God, Lauren is against my community. And why wouldn't they think that? Think about your participation in it and how this led to people thinking this about you. If you take my images to defame me, to spread malicious lies about me, then I have the right to come after you to get that content taken down. You have the right to free speech. You can talk about how you hate my hair, you think I'm fat, anything like that, but you don't have the right to take my content and use it to lie about me. If something is straight up defamatory about you and someone's pulling up content and being like, oh, this is what it is, and then they play it and it's not that, that is still fair use even if you don't like it. Now, can you go other avenues and sue them for defaming you? Yes, but that's a different avenue. You can't copyright them just because you don't like what they're saying. I have been through this. I have had people use my content in one of the most vulnerable and shitty moments of my life. They have taken that footage and they have defamed me. They have put text on screen, summarizing what I was saying and it was absolutely not what I was saying, but you know what? That's fair use. Could I go after them for defaming me? Sure, I went to a lawyer and tried to do that and they were kind of like, oh, I mean, you could, but it's gonna be a pain in the ass. There are avenues to pursue things that you genuinely believe to be defamatory. These are not those avenues. Your lawyer is abusing these systems in place that are meant to protect creators who are actually being infringed upon when it comes to their copyrighted content. If we allowed creators to just decide what can and can't be said about them, can you imagine the disaster that that would be? How long until that would start affecting your content? Anyway, back to us rambling about Janet, but my goodness, what an update. Anyway, Jesus, sorry for anyone that didn't care about that, but I just found that fascinating. That it's was important. something. It is, I think like, so. If you don't care about it, you're not thinking about the girlies. The, like, <laughs> you're not thinking about the girlies, no, but you're also just not realizing how detrimental that is to creators as a whole. Oh yeah, 100%. But anyway, we talked about that for a long time. So we'll just leave you with a small little topic. And with that, I say, Lily, when you're just sitting at home, you know, eating your mac and cheese or sloppy joes or whatever you eat, do you ever... Had sloppy joe in a while. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> it's the last That's thing the that I like. witnessed you cook in your house. That must have been a hyperfixation for a little bit. <laughs> but when you're just sitting, enjoying a nice, hot, homemade meal, do you ever just think about like, where is the vlog squad now? No. <laughs> oh, I still follow Carly and Aaron. I like them. Oh my God. I, sometimes I forget they were in the vlog squad because I knew them from Vine, especially Carly. Like she was- I mean, the rest of the vlog squad. Oh my God. Yeah, they were all on Vine. I forget. So David Dobrik is still making pizza? Question mark. I think that's what he's doing, right? He's doing pizza, but then he's also on Snapchat. And I think I've seen this talked about before that he seems to maybe be doing undisclosed ads for Celsius. Okay, I just scrolled past a Celsius ad that has no paid partnership thing. But it was him like golfing or something. I'll put the pictures here if I have them. It isn't like him being like, ha, huh, here's my Celsius, I love it. But it's like him golfing and him very clearly displaying the can. So it's like the logo is visible and it's That's interesting because he has a Celsius ad where he puts Celsius partner. Is that on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. So, but on Snapchat, this was. Oh, and I don't know the regulations I on Snapchat. I that sentence. <laughs> he gave <laughs> away Yoda. 10 Teslas in May. Cool. <laughs> And also in that giveaway, it's with a company called Work Ninja. It's like a place that writes essays for you, which sounds like you're gonna go to, not jail, but what do you go to for plagiarism? Out of school, you get kicked out. What is it? <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I don't think there's a plagiarism <laughs> I don't know. in jail, but. <laughs> wait, yeah, no, wait, it writes essays for you, like for students? Yeah, so it's called Work Ninja, and it says professional essays in 30 seconds. Scan and answer any question, plagiarism free and undetectable. What the fuck? 
have you ever gotten approached for one of those companies? I have. And I was like, I'm not fucking promoting you. Are you joking? Like, I'm going to like get all my followers. Like, I in didn't detention. know that that even existed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All this with AI and shit now. Yeah, of course. I mean, it makes sense. Even we had that thing in college that you had to submit your paper to so they could prove that it wasn't plagiarized. Yeah. Well, he gave away 10 Teslas with them. And obviously, this was in collaboration, but there's no sponsorship. It's a giveaway. So it says announcing one winner every day for the next 10 days. No purchase or whatever necessary exclusions apply terms and conditions here he has a link nothing about a partnership that's completely undisclosed i'm still focused on the fact that he's promoting plagiarized essays to students when literally like his that's his fan base so he's encouraging them to all just cheat yeah and i'm looking at his instagram now i think the only person that still actively hangs out with him is corinna and then also i see on the comments todrick and like i guess todrick scotty i guess they're all still friends right like they're all still friendly but not obviously in active vlogging so it's kind of like a distant we're just friends but not super involved type of thing like normal friends oh yeah like friends off the internet i forgot about those there's also a weird little arc with a few members of the vlog squad jason nash is one of them do you know any of the other ones because i know they like do a four-way thing all the time i don't know about the ones that you're about to mention really but i know like carly and aaron have a podcast with matt king yeah with matt king and then i don't know what the other guy's name is i don't think the other like former vlog squad members ever make appearances. And I know that Carly and Aaron like don't talk to Zane anymore. Oh, there really? was like drama that he got like uninvited from Carl or from uh, Aaron's wedding because he wouldn't get a COVID test. Not oh, a right. vaccine, a test. Zane and Heath still have their podcast. Then Mariah also used to be like a main person on it, but now I guess she isn't really on it and everyone misses her. So I think they all kind of have their own thing, except I know Jason also has his own thing, but maybe it's not doing particularly well because he seems to be supplementing it with TikTok lives. Is that where you were gonna tell us about? Yeah, this is something, this is a weird story arc. So Jason Nash has had many, problematic things like with the whole Seth thing and like you know everybody's had issues when he dated Trisha it was this whole thing and it seems like when he started his podcast we also covered him because of the podcast who was his first guest it was something problematic I want to say it was Dave Portnoy or something and he it was about the David article okay Jeff yeah I think it was about the David situation it was something off-putting that we covered he really dismissed it as being like a hiccup like no one should have talked about it and it would have gone away right so Jason Nash has started doing TikTok battles every day. TikTok live. So he goes live every single day. Do you know about TikTok battles? Only because of someone that I won't mention that was not happy of our commentary on a moment from a TikTok live battle that they did, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Oh, that wasn't a battle. Oh, wait, that was a battle. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's true. What a TikTok battle is, if you don't know, is literally a made up battle by TikTok to urge people to gift. So the more you gift, the more you like, the more you share, the more you follow, all that stuff, but mainly gift. So you're sending actual, like you have to get coins with real money. And with those coins, you can buy gifts. It's all very confusing. And it's supposed to be that way. It's kind of like Fortnite with V-Bucks. They get you every single fucking time because they're like, oh, this is 1200 V-Bucks. You're like, perfect. That's $10 or something around that. So like they change the currency to make your mind kind of get tricked. Well, and we've laughed because in the past you've mentioned like Jeffree Star gets sent a galaxy. And I was like, 
What? That's $16.99, girly. There you go. But I guess the battles, you would think that for anyone to like be asking to send a bunch of stuff, like maybe the battle would be a dance battle and it's like whoever's doing the better dance or something. But no, it's not. It's just people like begging for money. That's so funny that you mentioned that because my brother goes live on TikTok sometimes and when he does, he will occasionally battle with his friend Matthew. I think his name is Matthew or Michael. And he also sings. So they'll both be singing and then they'll like occasionally be like, thank you so much for this gift or whatever, which already kind of weirds my brother out. But he's like, you know what? You got to do it, whatever. But the format in which Jason Nash does it is so interesting. It's not like a unique case. Like, I guess a lot of people, it's literally just two people begging for like, who can get more money? Not in exchange for offering any kind of performance or service of any kind. It's just like them begging for money. This clip that I'm going to show you which again, he does this every single night. This particular clip was taken from Thanksgiving. And I also, when we're done watching this, I wanna play the TikTok I sent you earlier, which this is gonna be my first time seeing it because I don't really spend that much time on TikTok to begin with. And I definitely am not usually scrolling in the lives. So I've never seen the Jason Nash example, but I've seen people talking about it, which is why I was made aware of it to begin with. So I'm curious to see this. Ah! Oh! Yeah! Holy shit! Oh my god! Hack attack! Says gang gang! Three seconds left! That's a win for Nash Nation! Nash Station? <laughs> Nash Nation. Oh, Nash Nation. I was like, Station? I don't think it's any less embarrassing, but yeah. Do we know who this person is that he's No, battling? usually with battles, that's what makes him so fucking awkward is it's usually random ass people. And I have seen this one particular couple that they always pop up on my, on my For You page. And it's this girl and her husband or fiance or boyfriend, and they have two kids together, right? She'll do her makeup and then he'll just be on the other live. They'll battle each other. They'll literally be talking about her social media, like numbers. Like they'll be like, oh, how many likes do you have, babe? She'll be like, oh, I'm at like 214,000. He's like, that's good, that's good. Okay, well, we have to do this, this, and that for TikToks today. And like, they're very weirdly into this whole social media thing. And then they'll randomly be like, gifts are three times worth the points or whatever the fuck it happens. Because it like ups in points, the longer the battle is. I don't fucking understand. But literally they'll be like, all right, thanks, thanks, Ariana. P appreciate the roses. Oh yeah, we're gonna, they're, they're in the same house. They're fighting each other. I'm just so confused even from like a TikTok perspective. Like what kind of content are they trying to ha like promote people do? They don't care as long as people are spending money on gifts. But that's so weird. Like at least have some kind of strategy behind it. What is the ideal battle that they're trying to have with setting up random people to do it against each other if they're not just well, asking for It doesn't always money? have to be random. Like it could be, usually what people will do from what I understand is there will be people live on this list and you could see like the the top creators, whatever, and you'll ask to battle with someone else. Like, it's not like literally random ass people that you can't even choose who goes on your battle. You know what I mean? You accept or Even decline. the fact that like it could be is weird. I get it if they're battle, if it's two creators that are singers or dancers or they're doing something. But if it's just like pairing up random people or just like a creator guesting and random people to do it, like I, what? Someone called it digital panhandling. Here, I'll play the TikTok because I think it um, sums it up in a much sassier way than I would have, but- um... Oh God. I've kept my mouth shut about this for so long, but it's gotten to the point where I have to say something. The vlog squad needs to like sell their Teslas or do something because this like digital panhandling on TikTok Live is getting out of hand. Every single time I come on this app, Jason Nash is like, send me more crazy dolphins, send me more. Girl, 
Call your kids. He missed Thanksgiving. When was the last time he took his kids to school? And I feel for them. I know what it's like when the viewership tanks. But you know what I did when the viewership tanks? I went and got a fucking job. Like, it's really not that serious. Because the thing is, he's spending 11 hours on this app saying, Send me more dinosaurs. Send me more TikTok universe galaxies. He's spending more time than he would at a regular job anyway. So I don't know why he doesn't just get a job. No shade, but also shade like come on i have no problem with people going on live and getting gifts if it's an actual show or if a service is being exchanged but it's gotten to the point where it's just screaming and asking for money all day long i mean yeah a little harsh for sure but i do understand what he means like oh my god you know what's crazy that reminded me of this one story sorry and then we'll be done i promise with this Fortnite streamer right and i went on his tiktok and i had subscribed to him and i unsubscribed and then literally when he saw me join his live he called me out for that he's like jesse interesting you're not subscribed anymore like that like literally and i was like okay first of all ill what the fuck oh wait but it tells I you noticed, when you join it yeah yeah it's like when i used to get exposed for being in people's spaces on twitter <laughs> exactly yeah so it'll say like jesse smiles joined i'm like oh god jesus but what i find interesting about that creator in general is he has a very like almost like entitled like aura about him with the gifts like he'll be like guys we need 10 tiny dinies we need 10 tiny dinies to complete our goal and then he'll say like when someone sends an expensive gift i've literally heard him say man i want to see that again and then people will be like um I just spent $16 sending that to you, but okay. I feel like even when we went live um, back in the day, people had given us a decent amount of like gifts or whatever. And that each time we were like, oh my God, $5, you don't have to do that. Like, please stop. Like, I mean, don't stop because like I'm poor, but thank you. I know. And people send gifts and they get involved in that way because that is the only way to ensure that interaction with that person that's live. And that's kind of what they get out of it. If you shit all over it or you give this like weird entitled ass reaction, that is such a slap in the face to anyone who gave you anything. Jason is the opposite of that. He will literally bend over and shake his ass for some roses, which are like literally a penny to send. Like, you know, that's a bit much and a bit on the opposite spectrum, but at least he's appreciative. I could, I could give him that. Yeah, but I, I do agree with the sentiment that it's like if he's spending that much time on it, then like maybe it's time to throw in the towel. Well, he's obviously profiting greatly off of it. He's literally live right now. I just checked. That's insane. So that's all we have for you guys today. Wow, what an episode, am I right? Janet, please, for the love of God, do not be in the next episode. I just need a break. I need a breather from her. Like, I feel claustrophobic. She might copyright us this time. Oh, if she does, the whole fucking next episode is gonna be her ass. Don't poke the bears, okay? We can make three episodes about you. We have the stamina. Go check our Deaf Noodles coverage. <laughs> literally, she will be our next Deaf Noodles. Anyway, guys, Guys, so that is all we have for you today. Merry, happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to all. I almost Santa forgot. Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm just excited about the vibes. Do you guys like the vibes? Do your daughter's impression again. Oh, look at this. A beautiful Christmas tree. I'm like, oh, no. I'm picturing her like dressed up as like a fat Santa while she's doing it. <laughs> Well, I'll update you guys if she says anything else in his accent. Fun times. Anyway, okay. Love you guys. I hope you have an awesome weekend. And as always, we will see you on Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.